You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. In a world where Carolina Panthers fans have an insatiable thirst for Panthers news and opinions, only one podcast roars ferociously. It's the C3 Panthers Podcast. Yo, 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 what's up, Panther fans? It's your boy, the professor, a.k.a. Tony Don. It's the C3 Panthers podcast brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com, where every Tuesday night, live at 9 p.m., we chop up the latest Panthers news and opinions from the fan perspective. Join the longest-running Panthers podcast by subscribing on YouTube, smashing the thumbs up. Check us out on Twitter, at Cat underscore Chronicles, and we're on all the major podcast platforms. Shoot me an email, CarolinaCatChronicles.com at gmail.com or call into the cat calls line the number is 252-228-5098 that's 252-228-5098 tonight's show is luke is a panther scout and carolina ditches longtime sponsor cpi and we're going to be talking about this news with my homeboys in the house cody lashney your mic is live and hot how you doing my friend tony dunn it's another Tuesday night, and we never miss a Tuesday night, man. And, uh, you know, we have a little bit to talk about. It's kind of been dead. But uh, it doesn't matter, man, because no matter if there's news, if there's all the news in the world or if there's none at all, we're going to have the most lit Panther fans in all of YouTube in our chat room like we always do, man. Underground West, Joey the Blind, Panther Esquivelle, Sarah Taylor, Trill One, Tyler Duncan, Tommy Dot Martin, Tony Dunn, ain't nothing to it but to do it, brother. Let's roll. CK, the mad gamer in the house, been streaming on Facebook over the last couple of days and excited to see the reaction among those people. Glad to have uh, the expert gamer in the house. I was watching you and I uh, play just yesterday or this morning, maybe yesterday morning. And I was like, I think his character runs faster than mine does. (laughs) <laughs> you know, it's 
<laughs> so I think what helps is there is you can change the um, field of view on the PC. So it makes it look like he's running faster because you're seeing more go by him. Okay. Um, but none, nonetheless, there is probably a little bit as well because I am able to like there. Anyway, this is not going to be really important to the people that are in chat and they haven't played the game. But there is a way to run faster by doing a slide and then double jump. I mean, and then getting up and then tactical sprint. But that may be what you see as well because I am able to. Joe was saying the same thing when he was playing. If you were watching. Do you think you could outrun me in real life, though? Um, maybe for about uh, 15 yards. 15 yards? Oh, we might, we might, we might need to do this. <laughs> the C3, we're going to run 40s at this time? Yeah, 40-yard dashes. <laughs> we're gonna to, we're, yeah, it's going to be that Chicago Bears game if we decide to go to it. I'm deceptively <laughs> fast, right? I am too, though. Oh, like shit. that's been my thing. Like I'm really good. Like I have. I'm not going to sit here and say I'm explosive, but like I have like <laughs> a, a real explosive set of speed. And then like after a second, like my knees are like, nah, you're good. <laughs> uh, sit down, please. <laughs> we could use all the bud words, buzzwords. We're intuitive players. We're yeah. uh, we're grinders. We're shifty. <laughs> yeah, we're intelligent. We're we deceptively deceptively fast. Real lunch pail guys. Oh yeah, the all the all the buzzwords the that are sapped with uh, the ideas the of society. <laughs> yeah, and even just society in general, yeah. right? Um, guys, tonight's show is I think the 18th of the season. Go ahead and smash the thumbs up button on YouTube, guys. Uh, we're gonna shame you right here. We got small crowd, small faithful crowd tonight. About 15 people watching. We're usually this. This shows you how. The dredges of sports news has become right the drudgery of sports con- uh, conversation because we were surprisingly able to keep the same amount of listeners all through this, and now I continue to think is just like people need sports to continue to talk about oh, sports. Yeah. I think we're hitting oh, a wall of talking about sports that don't exist. Yeah, we're just talking about you know. Hey, remember how fun sports were when that used to be a thing? Yeah. (laughs) That was awesome. (laughs) Do you remember those last-moment games where the anxiety had you pacing around the room? I can barely remember it. Right? Yeah. Um, Even though it's every Panthers game. Every one of them. (laughs) Yeah. Cardiac Cats. It comes down to the end. But, uh, yeah. No, I I agree with you, though, man. It's – um. I mean, I don't know though. I don't know what what you guys have been hearing, but I've I've kind of heard good news that everyone's saying that everything's going to be starting on time. Uh, September tenth, I think, is when the season's going to start, and everything's set to roll. I don't know if what they're doing about crowds yet, but uh, you know, we'll we'll have football at some point. It's still a long time away, though, man. I still think that. I still love that retweet you got out there about Matt Ryan's response. Oh, yeah. Did you see that, Cody? No. Um, they were asking, they were asking in, I guess, some sort of press conference about, you know, how the season would unfold and how it would potentially be playing in front of fans who, um, or not, not fans, I guess, is the thing. 
and even the idea of like you know in the Korean baseball league like they have robot fans and crowd noise pumped Cardboard in cutouts of fans. <laughs> and, I've seen uh, that at, at their games. They asked him about or you know the thought of maybe pumping in crowd noise, and he said, "I don't think as an organization we're at a point we can talk about pumping in." <laughs> Good for Matt Ryan yeah. there. You yeah, know, that's taking the yeah. stinger right on the chin yeah. and rolling with it. But, dude, you know, okay, think about how many times Falcons fans have to go in their chats and see fans of other teams type 28 to 3. Like, dude, uh, you yeah. know, especially if you're a player, like every day of your life, you, you feel and see that shit. So, yeah, he's a veteran at this point, just taking on the chin. Yeah, you know, I thought at one point the getting found out that you pumped artificial crowd noise into your stadium was about one of the most embarrassing things that can happen until that <laughs> Super Bowl, right? Like, and how they have to live with that. And I could not, uh, you know, I don't. Um, relish the human like mankind living with uh, kind of cruddiness like I don't usually just like to gloat but if there's one group of people that I'm not really offended by their misery <laughs> or, it's, or Falcons it's the Falcons fans that's right yeah fuck Falcons fans <laughs> um, you know what Dude, the- I've also had some of the worst experiences in my life with fans of football being Falcons fans I can see that. You know, as football is, we we continue here. You said there is like they're planning to have the season. You know, all things go. To, it seems like we don't know what it's exactly going to look like. I almost feel like the NFL has just said we're having a, a, a football season no matter what. Like, let's not even talk about not having a football season. We will plow forward. But right now we're kind of in a period where we should actually start to be getting some trickles of information about people showing up in the facilities, you know, whatever it may, the final rookies signing their deals, how potentially meeting with the rookies goes, whatever it is. And right now, even though facilities are open, I have not heard about a lot of teams just actually back to work in a normal capacity. Now, I assume they're doing their Zoom meetings. And do you think there's any limitations on how much they can do that? Hmm. No, I, I mean, I don't think so. I mean, dude, I was hearing, like, I don't ever hear anything about the Panthers when it comes to shit like this, but the only thing I've heard is that Drew Brees and all the Saints have had millions of millions of meetings and while well, he apologizes to everybody for being a dipshit. Uh, and then you hear about, like, Baker Mayfield jumping in on other, like, running backs and wide receiver meetings and shit. But I haven't heard any news um, um from the Panthers media about uh, how many times they're doing meetings or um, how far apart their meetings are spaced or anything like that. I don't know, but I do believe that the the facilities were open. They're, at least that's what I was under the impression of, that they could come and start doing workouts and stuff. Maybe I have that twisted, but that's what I thought. Yeah, no, the- I've heard that they have had the facilities and yeah. that the coaches would start coming back, but I haven't heard... You know, you would think that every reporter is looking for anything like spotted Matt yeah. Rule at Bank of America. Um, I, and I haven't heard that. No, I haven't heard that either. So the news of the day or, or the week, this happens. I think it you know unfolded maybe Thursday or Friday of last week. 
But uh, Luke Keekley has found his continued role in the NFL. He yes. expressed that he would not be, you know, while he was retiring and hanging up the cleats, he didn't want to leave the game and he expressed an interest in being a part of that team building process, right? That com- you know, building an organization in the background where, in so many ways, his the success of his on-field play really just exhibited how committed he was and meticulous. And, you know, you saw him study those clips in the All or Nothing series. And you were just like, man, he kind of has that level of understanding of football. And even if it's not a savant level, it's just you can see him grinding tape. Well, we had wondered if Luke Keekley would – jump into the linebackers room matt rule extended in many ways an olive branch for him to join the staff in some capacity and uh some of us speculated about him joining the ron rivera and the washington redskins and even being alongside of thomas davis but news breaks this past week that luke keekley will be joining the carolina panthers um scouting staff and a lot of interesting things here to talk about this and how does that does that is that some sort of vote of confidence for marty herney's scout future in a way to take a job that if it does it have a one-year shelf life would be interesting for a new gm to come in and fire luke keekley from the scouting department but guys thoughts on luke keekley joining the carolina panthers in this capacity, I think it's an exciting uh, move in a lot of different ways. I'm I'm upset that I didn't call this. I mean, as soon as I read this, I'm like, oh man, this is a no brainer, dude. Like we've all been saying, oh hey, maybe Luke could be a linebacker coach, and oh, wouldn't that be awesome if he could come in and be a part of our defense? But if you go back to it and think about the dynamic between him and Thomas Davis, he's always been a quiet guy. Thomas Davis was always the guy that would motivate you and, and, and really get after you and make you be better on the field. And it's not that Luke didn't do that, but Luke is a studier, man. I mean, he's an X's and O's kind of guy. And when you're evaluating talent and looking at film and, and, and processing what players do well, what they don't need to do, what they need to work on, Luke Kinkley has to be an invaluable asset in doing something like that. I mean, when, when you have studied the amount of hours that Luke has, he's aware of, of minor tendencies that, that you might be able to see on film when evaluating a player that, you know, him having played for so long, he's able to identify elite-level traits in, in, in a way that maybe, you know, a, a, a scout who's never played football before has done it. I think this is the perfect job for him. Um, I, you know, knowing Luke, he's so such a smart person. I imagine that he's trying to think, well, this is my future in football. Become an assistant, work my way up. I know uh, that I can evaluate film, evaluate talent. And, you know, maybe this is the first steps to Luke quickly becoming a general manager one day. You know, I said to you before the podcast, you know, and Dan Morgan was kind of before – I became a hardcore Panthers fan, but I know of him and I'm very aware of him and how his career was kind of cut short by concussions. I just think it's weird how similar their careers 
have kind of mirrored each other. A badass linebacker flew around the football field, concussions limited their career, and then they take their football processing talent to another area of the game. And I think it's awesome. And I'm happy to have Luke on as a member of the... Imagine how cool it would be if Luke Kickley became the next general manager one day for the Carolina Panthers. Like, that's a goals right there, man. We'll end up going to the Bills before that happens. <laughs> ah, don't do it, man. Don't do it. CK, thoughts on Luke Kuechly joining the Panthers scouting department? You know, I'm... Uh, I'm I, I, as I think you guys have alluded to it's uh i mean it makes too much sense i mean honestly it really does um you know and i i I really enjoy the uh the the part of it that you you stated earlier in the in the call which or in the in the in the podcast was saying before we i think we were live luke's not the rah-rah guy you know he's not going to be that guy who is you know getting everybody hyped up he's not the thomas davis he's not the uh you know the gerald mccoy uh, you know, type of player, a Drew Brees type of player, but he is that intelligent guy who's going to, you know, I guess, see the differences and, uh, you know, I guess be able to acknowledge and uh, recognize is the word I'm looking for, recognize talent where others might not necessarily see it. Um, so it makes a lot of sense, again, and I think it makes a tremendous amount of sense that he would become a GM at some point. The problem is, is, Knowing the Panthers organization, it'll go to another place like with uh, Dan Morgan and Brandon Bean and everybody. We we tend to let the people that we develop leave, unfortunately. Yeah. We got Greg, the Bat Daddy, 52 in the house. Greg, welcome to the show. Thoughts on Luke Keekley joining the Panthers scouting department. What's up, man? Good to be back. Sorry I'm a little late. Uh, Luke Keekley joining the scout- Panthers scouting department. I think at face value, it's an awesome idea, and I think it has the possibility to be fantastic. The only thing I worried about, and I don't know if any of y'all said this yet because I just got on, is a lot of times when you have a player who's one of the best at their position possibly ever, you could have said with Luke throughout his career, or if he had gone through his career, but definitely while he was playing, uh, is they're usually not great evaluators of talent. Oh, not usually, but there are cases. I don't want, I don't want to say usually because I, I can't say that. I don't have the numbers to back that up, but I know cases where a lot of times where you're some of the greatest – your position, you're just not a good evaluator. Michael Jordan, John Elway, uh, you know, players like that, they just don't evaluate to because they hold people to such a high standard that I don't know. I guess sometimes they maybe get fooled by flashes. They have aspirations of hope for people, but there are cases where it works out not very good. Um, but I'm going to be optimistic about it. I'm happy Luke's still with the Panthers. That's the important part, and I think I think that it'll it'll be a good thing going forward. I think so, so too. And uh, yeah. don't you also think it has to do with personality types? Like again, if you're like a like a, a Brian Bosworth type dude who's like crazy jacked and you know, or an egomaniac, an egomaniac yeah, yeah. would be right. something and, that uh, I would concern me. Yeah, Luke Kingsley is such an even kill guy, and, sure. and you know, especially like Tony was saying on the All or Nothing series, uh, you see how tedious he is in his attention to detail and watching film. And so much of what scouts do is literally exactly that. I mean, I do it in, in sort of an amateur fashion for draft tech. You know, when I find film, I, I do my best to find as much as I can and, and break it down. And it becomes fun. You really have fun doing it. And it's something that you kind of 
figure out that you have a knack for or you don't. You can sit there and do that kind of thing or not. And Luke Kicker just seems like the perfect kind of person to be able to transition to that seamlessly and love that maybe every bit as much. Huh? Well, maybe not every bit as much, but you know. Um, I think the potential is definitely there. Go into the chat room, Chef Jeff Home Mycology. You can check out his YouTube channel and learn how to things about mushrooms. <laughs> All right. Yeah. All different types of mushrooms. Um, he says we need to bring Morgan back as our GM. Sarah Taylor says Luke is a student of the game. Yes. And, um, I, you know, I like the kind of parallels between. Uh, Luke Keekley and Dan Morgan, you know, you said you brought, you alluded to a few of them. Getting into the scouting department seems to be focused f- first uh, on personnel, obviously, right? What I like about mm-hmm. this, I'm really intrigued by this move because, or excited about it. I think it tells us that Luke Keekley wants to be in the NFL for like the next 40 years in some mm-hmm. capacity. And instead yeah. of jumping and leapfrogging to the top or middle of the pack, right, middle of the pack, maybe getting a coach's job quickly, then moving up quickly into something more and like D coordinator in a couple of years and maybe trying to do head coach, is that it seems like he wants to learn a little bit about running, t- building teams. And um, you could see that he's tr- he's going to make his bones a little bit, almost like a Gettleman type thing. You know, Gettleman's a scout for years that then inches his way up the ladder. And I think that maybe tells us something about Luke Keekley's personality is he doesn't want the silver spoon handed to him. Right? You know, I mean, he could yeah. easily just jump in the coach's room. Maybe he doesn't want to coach. Maybe he wants to be more of the damn Morgan role, you know, in getting into a front office uh, capacity. I don't know if he wants to be the man in that case or if he wants to just broaden his experience both on coaching and player development. Right? So we don't know. But I think that him kind of taking the ground level job is a good way for him to he's going to make his bones the right way which could um you know maybe increase the odds of his success rather than being a guy who kind of rides the wave of his name finds some early success leapfrogs to a d coordinator and all of a sudden he's a head coach before he's ready to be one right yeah and now 100 percent. and i also you know i i don't think it's, it's like I said before, man. Think of what kind of person you have to be to like sit up in front of a room of 50-something dudes and, and be the, the team leader. You know, It's one thing to be a player and having to be accountable for your own position and what you do. Um, but you know, uh, being a head coach, like you're talking about, you have to have a certain uh, set of traits and skills in, in order to do that job. And I just... It doesn't seem to me to be something that Luke Kuechly's personality type is suited for. I'm not saying that every coach has to be a brash, rah-rah, in-your-face guy. I'm not saying that at all. But just knowing how much um, Luke puts uh, uh, an attention to detail, and you're right, he doesn't want to cut corners. 
I mean, he wants to be the best at, at everything he does, and he wants to prove himself. And that's what he's done his entire career in football. And that's why I think he loves football so much, because you get what you earn. And if, if, if he's able to get to a point where he's such a good talent evaluator that, you know, teams are begging him to become a general manager, that seems perfect to me because, yeah, you might have to do a few interviews from time to time, but for the most part, your job is to build a successful football team and really playing the game of the NFL general manager. And it, I, I just think that's something that Luke would could – in time come to love you know i mean you look at john lynch uh, who's now the general manager of, of the 49ers and i can say that in the past two or three years he's probably been one of if not the best general managers of of recent history he's done a fantastic job i could easily see that being in luke's future okay maybe he'll be the carolina ask. panthers gm in a few years <laughs> I would love it, man. Imagine you, if we got to go from Marty Herney to Luke. Well, let me ask you, what's the youngest GM in the league? Like, no. when you say a few years, do you mean, like, even 10 years, he'll still he'll be what, like, early 40s in his 10 years? Well, no, for, Ooh, that's uh, a good be, question. What is, be the, who is the youngest? He's 38, yeah. He's close to 30, so, I mean, would he be, if he'd say he was a GM in 10 years, which is relatively close, uh, would he be the youngest GM ever? Andrew Baird. Does that sound Andrew right? Baird? He is okay. uh, from Cleveland. Is a general manager? Cleveland, I think. Let's see. Because see, I I thought that oh, yeah, was that is right. for older. No, that yeah, no, that is right. How how old is that dude? Um, meet the youngest GM. Let's see. What's this dude? What a what kind of name is this? Let's see, guys. This is crazy. Hold on. Got a weird name. Andrew Bard? Bard? Baird? Baird? Yeah, Andrew Baird. Um, and I, I cannot find his age. Age, NFL, Cleveland, any other buzzwords that help me. 1979. Is so, that right? Uh, it, yeah, it says, 41. This can't be right. He played soccer? No, that's not the right guy. I don't know who this guy is. Somebody can find oh. it for me. The oh. Philadelphia Eagles GM is like five years older than me, six years older than me. He might be the next. Um, His name is Andrew Barry. Barry. That's the general manager of the Browns. Yeah. And he was born in 1987. He's 33. Wow. Wow. Okay. Oh, wow. So, hmm. that, that's interesting. That, that would fall right in line for Luke, man. If he could, yeah. for the, the next five years, just grind his ass off and, you know. Actually, he might be the Eagles GM. How do you get to be a 33 year old GM? How does, how does that work? <laughs> uh, You're like a lawyer, you probably got an MBA. Oh, I just I just don't see how you can have enough experience so, and be that that smart. He's a Harvard grad. What is okay. Luke? What what is Luke's position now? Just it says that he joined the pro scouting department. Is what I saw. But it doesn't say what. 
Because in 2009, Barry was hired as an assistant scout for the Indianapolis Colts. So I don't know. So just says I mean, to serve he, as pro scout is what this USA Today article says. Huh. Um. Yeah. I mean, there is, but there is a. There's been a move in the recent years of the NFL to be more risk take risk takers when it comes to front office youth right i mean look at Mm -hmm. them bringing in all of these somewhat media what is it cliff kingsbury isn't he like just okay at texas tech or something like that yeah Yeah, i mean mean, even player guys like matt rule who don't have really any pro experience it's 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 and even limited college experience in some ways Mm -hmm. right You know, so there is that yeah. move to kind of take a risk. But I think this this guy, whoever that guy is, is you know, look, he's from Harvard. He probably majored in business and like something, you know, like process and analysis and management. I think it says that he was he came from the Browns. It says Browns yeah. new vice president of player personnel Andrew Barry B's college coach's bold prediction by almost a decade. In 2000, this is when he joined. This story is from 2016, where he joined the Cleveland Browns. Uh, who is this guy? All right, so this guy said his old college coach said that he will be running. He told the Harvard Crimson, for my two cents, he'll be running an NFL team in 15 years. And at 30 years old, he'll be running an NFL franchise. I have no question. 37. He's on his way. He's the damn GM of the Eagles <clears throat> with a pretty good squad right now to make some hay at this point. The Eagles. Yeah. He came from they, the Browns and went to year. the Eagles. That's what I believe happened. All right. So, look, is that we'll be interested to see how Luke Keekley not only his long-term pros- as prospects, but just how he does within the scouting department and you know, in under this herdy, the herny regime that some of us have questioned whether if it's got long term uh, viability or if it's going to be something that, you know, could quickly change in the coming years, given some resistance of success with Matt Rule or something to that effect. So I think it's oh, great. Let me just correct you real quick. It was the, he was the vice president of football operation for the Eagles. And then he was hired on as the general manager of the Cleveland Browns. Okay. okay. I had it backwards. Um, yeah. So now, so these are, this is good news. I mean, it's cool news. I think it's, I like it. I like this, you know, climb the ladder. No shortcuts, as you said. The number is 252-228-5098. Let's try to play a cat call, and then we'll talk about the really um, other subject, which has to do about the legacy and the changing um, climate of the Carolina Panthers under the David Tepper regime and the legacy of uh, Jerry Richardson admits uh, comments from Trey Boston. We'll get to that right after these calls. The number is 252-228-5098. So what are your thoughts on catcalling? Yeah, Ooh, pretty, I'm going to blow you your ears out. Somebody. And how did that make you feel? Uh, very uncomfortable. So how do you think catcalling makes the person feel? It feels two, good. Like and a three and a four and a who's that cat sitting in the back corner with his face buried in his nose? That 
Hey guys, Joey the Blind Panther. I'm finally back up, to it after two glorious weeks at the beach that went by too fast. But, um, yeah, I noticed based on the title of the scheduled live stream that I know what happened with the whole CPI thing and basically all the sports teams cut their sponsorship, but what I wanted to say in this new activism, so every time we go to like the grocery store, hell, even the subway station or light rail station, you see all those visual cues for the social distancing and all the one-way lanes and whatnot. And if you notice, none of them are accessible for blind people. None of them. Mm. So, mm. like CK a few weeks ago when he said, I'm not going to wear a mask because of what the governor in Virginia did. We all know what happened with that. But um, I said, you know what? Fuck it, I'm not following rules. I'm not following any of those rules. I'm not social distancing. I'm not wearing masks. None of that. Oh, no. Until all of it is accessible for blind people. Mm. And, uh, by the way... ADA compliant social distancing is what we're calling this. uh, All those people that, like, big chains, too, like Publix, Walmart, everywhere. I up for not even thinking to do anything tactile. You can afford that shit. So, I up. There's no excuse for that. What a good call. Anyway, oh, yeah. the Panther Growl guy you said about the Eagles the other week, I could do it. Listen. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Great call there, Joey. Blind Panther uh, fan. Talking dude, about. Did he put, a, did he put a, a Panther on the phone at the end there? Dude, what the uh, hell was that? He's uncanny. going. <clears throat> yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> So thanks for the call, uh, Joey Esquivel. Stay safe out there. And uh, I'm with you, man. I'm tired of rules. Like I feel like I live a life of just rules. But, uh, you know, we do our best. Is we try to be respectful of people. I try to mind my own business. Try not to share too much, even though I do this silly podcast. So I'm like, oh, I'm trying to not share my opinions about politics as much, about this and that. And what do I do? I have a damn podcast. It's like the stupidest. <laughs> really need to just go off the grid and just go live in the woods. I was talking. I went and got uh, uh, my haircut, which I'm growing out long now. It's not in the right stage yet, but they got a little. You Show know, it. Even it up. Even it up. I'm gonna be growing. It's gonna go back oh, and be curly, shit. yo. Back and curly at some point. But mm. um, the guy. Yeah, the. He was what was it? Oh, he 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 has a boat, and you know, stressed out about society. You're anxious all the time. We're nervous about the COVID. We have all these social issues that are real and weighing on people's hearts. Um, period is that it might not weigh on everybody's the same, but you know, at the same time, is like the society. It's it's like an anxiety. I feel like I told him I was yeah. like, I just want to go buy a boat and drop anchor in the middle of the sound and my social distancing will just be waving to people way on another boat. Like that's what I need in my life right now a little bit is, but, um, 
even though I, don't I think say there's anything that, more important than podcasting right now. Oh you're, gosh, you're, no, you're big, dude. Podcast—that's what everybody's doing. That's what everybody's listening to. If you're if you're not doing a podcast, you're probably not American. Well, we're practicing social distancing right now. We're hanging yeah. out. We've been ahead of the curve yeah, on this. Yeah. We've been ahead. We've been doing this. And why I say that on one hand, you know, one place I always feel great and I do relax the most is hanging out with you homeboys. Even if we talk about heavy stuff, like me sitting here on the computer, hanging out with my friends, talking with people in the chat room is uh, is therapeutic for me. Now, you know, the, the long-term prospects of what the Panthers going to go through might – not become therapeutic but drive us into therapy at some point um but yeah. some, the times are changing the times are changing in carolina and uh, let's dove to, you know let's segue from joey esquivel's call to you know he's talking about he mentioned that the panthers have dropped cut ties with cpi security a name we all know well from very good luke keekley commercials right is that they were good. Um, it almost was getting to the point, though, that it was so much CPI security commercials during the games yeah. that I was getting so worn out on them. So the Panthers cut ties, but not with CPI security because we're tired of their insecurity. <laughs> but because of their insecurity, the Carolina Panthers have terminated, according to ESPN.com, their partnership with Charlotte-based CPI Security, the team announced Saturday night in the wake of comments by the company's founder and CPO, CEO downplaying p- police brutality against people of color. Ken Gill's comments came in, an open, in a response to an open letter sent by Jorge Malares, the executive director of local community group Queen City Unity, to city leaders calling for police reform. So somebody out there, this Jorge Malares, who's head of this local community group, is doing what you're supposed to do at this moment, right? If you're a local community group and your whole local community is concerned about the relationship between police and people and specifically police and minorities in America... And the guy responds back to this, homie. And he says, please spend your time in a more productive way. I challenge your statistics. Uh, And then he went on to say, a better use of time would be to focus on the black-on-black crime and senseless killing of our young men by other young men. So, the CEO of this security company who has probably in some ways tried to peddle fear at some point. Right? <laughs> Don't be scared. We got CPI or whatever. Mm-hmm. Just victim shamed somebody. Right? That not that what they call that? Like when someone gets raped and then you like make it their fault. Blame them. Yeah, they were asking for it. Yeah. Victim shaming. So uh, he said, Not I- quit your complaining and get to fixing up your own problems. Uh, that have no relationship to me is what Ken Gill said. Right? Isn't that what that says? Is like Yeah. Society's problems are not related to me. This is y'all's problem. 
get over it, you whiny people. I almost thought he sent this. I'm even surprised he sent this publicly. It sounds like something that you would send internally to like an employee. And that's what he's trying to say now. So, of course, everyone's canceling their well, that's CPI just as bad, because though. of this. Yeah, I, I know. So, uh, you know, he's sending out all these apologies. Oh, it was rushed, and it's not really what I meant. All this horse shit to try and, you know, save face. But, you know, look, it's a, a lot of the, the people that are trying to put devil's advocate are saying, oh, but what, does he not have free speech? You know, it's the same thing like when Drew Brees came out and said his shit. Oh, but does he not have free speech? Does he not have the right to say that? And as an American, you have the right to say whatever the hell you want. Oh, he but did. You don't, right to take the you backlash. Don't have, but you don't have the right to be immune from whatever consequences your words have. So whether or not you believe any of that shit or not, the, the it's like, dude, you picked a moment in time where every single country, I mean, every single um, um state and and city has some form of a protest going on and and you like you not only did you say the wrong thing but you spouted the exact talking point that is like it, it that goes against the movement that's happening right now so it's like dude i don't feel bad man it's like your words carry repercussions and i kind of think that people are just showing themselves like, don't believe someone when they tell you who they are. Believe someone when they show you who they are. So, and I think that right now, a lot of people are showing you who they are. That's what I think. It sounds like a Facebook comment. You know, it sounds <laughs> like something that you would, like, you see, like, someone say to their, like, from their uncle on your page, you post an article. You know, not necessarily a major leader of a company addressing a activist right. group, right? Yeah. Um, the other thing I think that this kind of and and we're gonna trill one says, did y'all see the Sports Illustrated article that said Jerry Richardson restricted players from protesting? We're gonna dovetail right into this that next mm. because it's just related, um, by, you know, to the fabric of things and. Here's the problem is that it's comments like these and, and look, there's plenty of comments on the other side of the political spectrum that do the same thing. So it's not in one person doing this, but what these things do is they tend to polarize the conversation and polarize people's perspectives. So instead of, you know, helping to find common grounds, they're pushing us farther, farther apart. And because what I would say is that even if you are concerned as an individual about um, crime rates among African Americans and urban problems in America, however you want to phrase whatever you're trying to say and imply in this case, this guy, is that you're, it seems so tone deaf in the moment where there is no consideration that there could be any validity to another perspective. Let me give you an example of this, is that my water bill over the last year has tripled, right? It has gone, uh, it's tripled, and it's consistently been the same for the last, since September 19. My wife, who pays the bills, every now and then bitches to me, and she says, and our deal is this, is I'm the one that calls and complains, she pays the bills, right? So if there's a problem, I get on the phone, we work it out, because she thinks that she can be very uh, abrupt, 
And don't worry, I'm abrupt. So, so I'm talking to the lady on the phone, and I'm like, look, this is, you know, we're the same family of five. You know, yeah, there could be an in- increased activity, but I don't see any evidence of water leaks. Right? Like, there's no toilets that I see running or hear running. There's no running faucets. I don't see any water in the ceiling or anything like that. And she goes, well, it's got to be something, some sort of leak or something like that. And I said, well, okay. So say I call a plumber out here and they say there's no leaks. Right? What's the next step? And she goes, well, the meter's red, right? So it's like, I was like, is there any way the meter, and just in, <laughs> in any possible world, could the meter not be functioning properly? And she was like, she was like, no, it's reading right. And I was like, how do you, I mean, I'm not saying it's wrong because I don't have any evidence really, but like, how can you be so certain? Right. You haven't even looked at it. Yeah. Saying it's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I think that this type of comment does that is, is that, Hey, you might not have to agree wholeheartedly about the way people feel and act and respond, but we go a lot farther in the world by showing a bit of empathy to our human, you know, our fellow man first before we then go about and tell them how much our perspective matters more to them than theirs should matter to them. And that's what's kind of, you know, problematic about this is that it just kind of galvanizes society. And we clearly know is you might be blue lives matter all you all day long and be yelling that in the midst of this moment, which I don't think that that's the wisest of moves, even if you hate what's going on. But you don't have to be a jerk about it at the time. And, you know, I listen to my my local congressman or our congressman or my congressman. His name is Dr. Meg Gurphy. I will not call him by his real name. I call him Meg Gurphy because he didn't know in this moment while he was on the radio George George Floyd's name. All right? Is that you're a congressman at this point and the whole world is, in our world is you know seething with emotions and you don't even know the dude's name. Everybody knows that at this point. Right? And so I call him Meg Gurphy because I will not know his name until he learns that name, <laughs> right? But it's just, he was just so tone deaf. I don't want him to agree with me. It was just like, rioters, looters, damn it. Like, no problems here. And if there are problems, you fuckers figure out how to fix them. <laughs> yeah, great leadership. So they cut ties with CPI security, which then leads us to the other discussion. And, oh, I did want to bring this up too, Cody. You were talking about you don't feel bad for the backlash. Is um, we shouldn't if if we continue to spout that hyper capitalistic love America mantra that we have? Because you know Cam Newton said that it was interesting that females talked about routes, and he lost a four million dollar sponsorship. From Oikos, right? Wasn't that was something like that? Yeah, Greek yogurt. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and yeah. but people no, aren't, you know, are they like were people crying? I mean, yes, us fans of Cam Newton were crying here, but are there any real fans of CPI Security? Like, come on, CPI man, he's a good dude. Oh. They keep us secure. To be fair, we I don't think we have them up here, so. More, no. more, you know, good riddance, I guess. I say <laughs> simply safe. That's what I would do if I had a. That's what I got. You've been happy with uh, it. Are we are 
we already know it, don't we? We we've done the ad raids and we've uh, talked about it. Yeah, man, yeah. I I enjoy this is it. Free man. ads I do. for them right now. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Since we're um, giving CPI an ad in its own way, you know their. But name. isn't it just kind of funny that like, okay, so if you're the owner of a of CPI security, you probably like the notion, the false notion that, oh, hey, you know, uh, a white neighborhood. You need all the protection you can get if a minority moves in because hey, you never know they might bust your door. That's know, what like, I was trying to say all, earlier. Yeah, like yeah, <laughs> running off all these false narratives that like these built-in fears, like they literally profit off of that shit. So again, man, you know, listen, make your own. By the way, if you're looking for a home security system, you shouldn't be making your decision. Based off, hey, I wonder who uh, the Carolina Panthers are partnered with. Like, yeah, but branding, dude, branding is so powerful, right? Mm -hmm. Is that it just is you didn't really make your decision because you did, you just didn't know it. It's just you had heard CPI, you'd heard it, you heard it, you heard it, and it's just imprinted. I was reading something recently that you have something like 30,000 brand impressions a day. Like in a pup you encounter, whether it be this Logitech mouse to this Tecate beer to whatever it is. And it's like a bombardment Mm -hmm. of that. And the Panthers do have a giant platform because you're at the game. You see CPI everywhere. You get the CPI stop or whatever sticker. You see Luke Keekly. So it does hurt this company significantly if they found it actually profitable right i don't know what the numbers are but they have been doing this for a minute right well with product placement what you're talking about it's really funny because uh, you know i watch a lot of movies and television shows and kind of analyze those to review those and it's funny watching a tv show or a movie where you can see specific product placement and you can look at them like oh this this movie or this product sponsored this movie type deal or and when they don't that, like the, la- right? the labels turned around because they don't that that, that yeah. product didn't sponsor it, but they want it to look like that product's there. Or just uh, as most cola. people don't even notice this kind of stuff. So if you ever watching a movie where somebody opens a fridge, you'll see certain products where you see the labels and certain products where you don't. Yeah. That's product placement of people that they that paid to be there and people that they didn't pay to be there. It's, it's subliminal advertising. Mm-hmm. You know, like exactly. back in the seventies and eighties, you would go in there and they would put like, you know, they would flash the popcorn up in the middle, and you didn't even, it was so quick, you didn't know it. It would make you thirsty, hungry, and thirsty. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. So, brand impressions are important. But let's talk about the Panthers brand. You know, Panthers uh, came out. I think this is just shows you a kind of an, an awareness among David Tepper, speaking of tone deafness, among Jerry Richardson, right? Is that. In the past, this would have happened maybe with Jerry Richardson, which we know he has his own history with his own company at Denny's and some different things that, you know, they settled some lawsuits for discrimination and various things in the past. He didn't go out on the most cleanest of notes either. But, you know, I think Jerry Richardson would have tried to see if this blew over. Instead, the Panthers immediately cut ties with CPI security and then followed the Charlotte Hornets, the... Charlotte Knights, the like every team associated with CPI dropped their sponsorship. And that shows you how important this was to their business model. What do you think this reflects, Cody, about the changing temperament? And go ahead and introduce uh, the Trey Boston story while you're at it. 
Yeah, so uh, uh, Trey Boston did an interview with um, uh, Ian Rappaport on Ian Rappaport's podcast, and he said, and listen, we all knew this. Like, he's just confirming what we've known all along. But Jerry Richardson in 2016, when all the protests, Hullabaloo was just starting with Colin Kaepernick, Jerry Richardson told all the players not to kneel. You're not allowed to protest. You're not allowed to go protest. Which, by the way, I wonder is like what what that would even mean. Like, what if someone like yeah, like what what would you do if you're starting free safety? Said, nah, fuck you. I'm I'm, I'm going to do it. Like, what are you benching them? The, like, there's so much shit that I don't understand here with uh, Jerry Richardson even saying that. But it basically, and then I'll let everybody else give their opinions. It's basically just confirming what everyone else has already pretty much known that Jerry Richardson was very much against, you know, any of these, uh, uh, any of the movement going on today, you'll just say, and was very stifling to the players. And he didn't want players to have their opinions known, walk the line, you're paid to play football, and that's it, and shut up. And in today's world, you can't have that. Now, Trey did go on to say that it was night and day different from the old regime to the new regime. So regardless of whatever you think about Tepper and the short sample size that we have of him, he is at least letting these players speak their minds and fight for the things that that they believe in. And you saw this when Eric Reed was a Panther. When David Tepper brought him in, he kneeled on the sideline, and David Tepper was like, oh, well, it's not a big deal. They went to the courthouse. So I, I am glad that, you know, they still have to prove a lot on the football side, but from a uh, from a right side and, a, you know, being on the right side of history, it does seem like the new Panthers organization is much better than what we were working with. Well, my, my question is, and I'm not defending Jerry Richardson by any means, but I do always try to look at everything from all kinds of different points of views because you get yeah. a better, uh, you know, perspective with that. When he says no protesting, because I'm totally for people protesting. It's like I said, I joined the army for people to have the right to do that kind of stuff because I believe in freedom of speech and everything. But when he says right. no protesting, does he mean on the job or just in general in real life? Because Ooh, in general, like for your whole life, that's that's something you shouldn't do. But on the job, I don't see anything wrong with that. That's your place of work. Uh, Tony, can you protest on your job? Like while you're at work? I know Maybe. I can't. Maybe. Okay, I, I don't know Maybe. if you can or not. I, I feel like education is... Is a little different yeah. because we uh, have yeah, right. like we kind of revere some of that. So I don't know if I could because I might not be the most beloved person mm-hmm. on campus or something like that. But there, I think there are certain there are certain places where it's okay. Point. I mean, look, the Panthers organization is protesting in a way, right? Yeah. They've released their statements, so either those statements are hollow attempts to just placate the masses, or in their own way they have made it political right mm-hmm. and so i don't know is that what is the answer to that is like is taking a knee really protesting that was going to be my next point is i don't think taking a knee is really protesting i mean i just don't feel like it is it, it might it's me. symbolic right yeah. it's a symbolic yeah, it's, it's gesture exactly, yeah. it's not but like here's, here's the part well I, it is a, well go ahead it's okay i was going to say i mean i i think it's doing exactly what it's intended to do, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's worked significantly well, has uh, very well. 
it's 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 gotten a lot of people to talk about it, right? Whether they yeah. agree or disagree with it, it has been the forefront of a discussion, and that's where we talk about where peaceful protest. And, and, and again, you can have your you know I, I don't I don't I'm trying to think of the right way to put it. I don't have ill will against anybody who has an, either opinion. Whether you don't like the idea, because here's the thing about it: is we are in a we live in a nation of offended people, right? And that's that's really what we what we live in, and why that's important is because if something offends somebody, then they're offended. That doesn't change. You can't change their emotion because they're offended by something, yeah. <laughs> right? You can't. It's just not possible. It's like when my wife, when I feel like I didn't do anything wrong, but my wife does. Well, just because I don't feel like I did something, I, I did anything wrong, she still feels like I did. So to her, it's still a valid point. So I don't have any ill will against either side because I can see where everybody can be offended by whatever anybody says. And it's valid because that's how they really feel. But I, um, the point of peaceful protests is to get everything. Like a lot of people think peaceful pro protests do nothing. Well, that was one of the most effective peaceful protests in the history, right? Because everyone was talking about visual, it. It's visual. It's high profile. It's symbolic. And I, do, I think the question is tough to answer, Greg, that you pose. I, I think that, you know, the question of being in a private corporation, you know, an employee, there can be restrictions that, that seem reasonable for employers to put on employees. But at the same time, labeling certain things as a protest might be a little bit, you know, play, playing into your own position, not your position, but if you were the head honcho calling it you know like what if you wear an american flag lapel you are in a way you're making a statement you're making a patriotic statement you wear the pink for breast cancer awareness you can say you wear a rainbow something on uh wh whatever you know gay pride or whatever the appropriate lbgqt even a tattoo could be a permanent you right. Know, it's like a statement. Sort of. So I think that the kneeling, to be honest, was a was a gesture that was within the confines of the rules for players. And by the way, and I think you should be able to do that. Right. Whatever, you're not breaking this? any rules. The very nature of a protest is to make you feel uncomfortable. I mean, that is the very... like. I don't know a, if protest a, is the protest. right word. I don't know if protest, if taking a knee, is protesting. You know what you really well, are? It's like, activism is really what it is. Well, it is, but aren't those kind of one and the same? I mean, what, it, it, to, what, to, to, to protest is to be an activist, and you're, you're, you're sure. fighting for something. Like they're, they're, they're kind of one one and the same. They, they are, but that's kind of like saying that because I played a basketball game, I'm, I'm a basketball player. You can protest without being an activist just because you believe in what their cause is. Right. You know, so, I mean, if you you're right, raising, it is a fine line, though. If you're so. raising money to, um, for, like, the treatment of dogs, right, are you protesting the bad treatment of dogs? Yeah, but you're also kind of active, you know, it's one is kind of like a negative opposition context of the, of, of the action, while activism seems to be promoting something. My point is this, is that the NFL promotes shit all the time. They're activists oh, all yeah. day long. You know, Mike Vick with the dog thing, all of a sudden it's AP, whatever, I don't know, H, whatever the letters are 
for SPCA, animals. SPCA, yeah, yeah, all that mess. Yeah. You know, that's all over the place. And one final comment, my did my wife did say this, and we're gonna um, kind of try to pivot this conversation a little bit. Is she said uh, she gets she's like the liberal woman on fire at the moment, you know? And she <laughs> was like, anybody, you ever heard someone when they say, "Let's raise money for colon cancer awareness and this and that," that someone goes, "Well, don't you know there's other types of cancers out there, and all cancers matter." <laughs> right. uh, so it's like the answer is don't be a dick in life right um, that is the answer. so he, you know boston says the he says that he can be he feels more comfortable in his own skin somebody put a good comment in the chat room tommy doc martin said on a football note boston has the opportunity to finally be the star of the defensive backfield uh he can talk but he needs to be as good as we know he can be I would say even we don't even know if he can be as good as we think. Yeah, <laughs> to be honest, is that we think some cases we think Boston is underrated. Sometimes we think that he's just okay. Yeah, I, I think uh, one we of need the him big badly. Knocks, the big knocks on uh, Boston has been uh, his on the his unwillingness to tackle. I think sometimes has or, or missing tackles. Uh, I think it was kind of glaring in 2016, and he kind of got a bad rap for it. But I also think he's a much more natural free safety, and he needs to kind of range as a single high in the backfield. And I that's feel like where his Kurt best Coleman, game is. Yeah, and when Kurt Coleman was here, they had Kurt Coleman playing free safety, and Trey they had him up in the box, and I just don't think that's his best suited position so i i think it's uh, a little bit of his finally in in the position to showcase his best skills and abilities and yeah i mean he's a veteran now i mean can i mean now after this exodus of players on the panthers i mean who who has more um who has more time on this carolina team than trey boston what maybe k1 short we needed him. We need him. He's uh, been a, you know, you need some people who are vocal in the locker room, right? They need to they need to offer some cover for the guys that don't want to be vocal, right? So you need some guys that are going to step up to the mic. They're going to answer the questions for the reporters. They're going to talk about what's going on in society. And you need, because, and that almost is a, a, a line of defense against other people who don't want to do that in the football in the locker room now trey boston is uh, another example is this is i hope he does improve right i hope we haven't seen the best football at trey boston because that would help us along in a story too of if like we know what you are in the first three of your career years of the career of your career in the nfl that's kind of where the where i think we've moved in commentary maybe it's always been that way but, you know, we're quick to say, bust, 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 not going to be any good. And sometimes we set our expectations of being contributors too high for what they realistically should be. So if, if Boston can continue to be a positive contributor uh, to the team, I think it was like a fifth-round pick, fourth-round fourth pick. You know, that's nice, and we need him. Uh, we need him to be good because we haven't really got nobody else. He's a veteran, man. He's a veteran on a defense that is babies. Our defense is 
babies, man. And what I mean by that is, is they do not have a ton of experience. They're young. They're learning on the fly. Again, this goes back to the debate of how good are we going to be as a football team and how much of it falls on our defense. And we don't know what our defense is going to be next year because we're so young. A ton of potential, a ton of talent, but we are young. And now Trey Boston goes from being the guy that was out of position and off the team, and now he's back on, to being a real veteran leader that our defense is sorely in need of. So I I think Trey Boston is more important as a teammate and as a Carolina Panther now than he ever has been. Looking around here, let's go. We got one more, uh, one more call. I think it's Joey again, to be honest. Let's see. Um, and then just a couple. Oh, two more calls. Another one just came in. Hey, it's Joey the Blind Panther again. Something I forgot to mention. I heard about Luke becoming a scout, and I'm really happy about that because, yep, yep. I mean, unless he's John Elway, he should know how to get us some good linebackers. And what I mean by John Elway, probably could evaluate you know, offensive talent very well. What a circus the Broncos quarterback room is. <laughs> kind of <laughs> ironic. Brought up the person really good, in charge good of point, the, you know, the GM used to be a Broncos quarterback, and he can't find a Broncos quarterback. So that's kind of funny. But anyway, hit you with that Panther growl one more time. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> I, uh, you got that nice little growl, <laughs> that pre-growl going, Yeah, too. at the beginning, yeah. I, I like uh, that. been goosebumps every time, Joey. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Luke Keekley is a particularly good evaluator of offensive talent. Oh yeah, that's that's what I think honestly. Hmm. Because yes, he was he's getting the the defense ready, but yeah. he his film study is of the offense. Like that's what he's reading, and I think he's going to be able to recognize. That. I agree. I think that's an actual very astute observation. Yeah. There. All right. Uh, next call. What's up, C three fam? Chef Jeff here. Uh, What's up? Love the news about Luke Keekley coming to Pro Scout. Uh, Definitely glad he came here and didn't go to Washington. Um, I knew he was going to be a coach. Just, I was I was hoping it would definitely be here. So that that's great to hear. Um, not really much other news going on, really, um, except for all the craziness, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Oh, ice up pick. Let me. I'm going to go and do an ice up pick since I got it on my mind. Okay. Can we ice up the Joe Rogan podcast for taking that hundred million dollar deal from Spotify? Oh, if if there are any of you out there listen to the podcast, and Cody, I know you know this, it's yeah. not going to be the same. For years, Joe talked about how he would never sell out because they, it wouldn't be the same, and blah 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 blah. And I, I just <laughs> ice up, Joe. Hey, listen, ice up. Statements go out the window when somebody throws a hundred million oh, at right. you. It's something totally <laughs> off topic again, but I'll make it quick. Um, Black Lives Matter. Uh, to me, um, and I got this yeah. metaphor from uh, somebody named Adam Campbell on Facebook, so I cannot take credit for it, but it is an amazing metaphor. Let's say a bunch of people are sitting down at the table eating, or sitting down at the table waiting to eat. They're all starving. They all worked for a long, long day and all that good shit. Everybody gets a plate except for Chris. Chris stands up and says, Chris deserves to eat. Everybody else stands up and retorts at him, everyone deserves to eat. 
Now, although <laughs> the statement everyone deserves to eat is true, it still does nothing to address the fact that Chris has no food. Mm. Thanks, guys. Hopefully that'll uh, get some people to wrap their minds around what the what the movement is actually about. I'll be listening. Keep yeah, at Nice. Great call, man. Great call by Chef Jeff. Um, his ISEP pick again was, help me out. Um, Joe, oh, Joe, Joe Rogan. Rogan. Interesting so conversation. Yeah, my, go ahead and respond to it. Yeah, but this is my opinion. Uh, this is my retort to Chef Jeff. Uh, I think a lot of it, too, it goes into YouTube censorship. Because when, I mean, Joe says numerous times on his podcast how many times they will get uh, demonetized or have their their content taken down or censored or suppressed. I mean, YouTube, uh, uh, you know, if you're one of the bigger, if you ever hear any of the bigger YouTubers talk about it, they really talk about all the shit that they have to go through when it comes to censorship with YouTube and YouTube messing up their money. I look at it like this, man. Joe Rogan is is betting on what he has built. So you don't have to pay for Spotify. So, I mean, you can go to Spotify for free right now and listen to whatever the hell you want. And you can decide to pay if the advertisements get on your nerves enough. But now you have Spotify saying, hey, we're going to invest money in podcasting where you don't have to worry about the censorship, you don't have to worry about all this other bullshit, and you have free reign to do whatever you want to do. I mean, they have they have absolutely zero creative control over Joe Rogan's podcast now. So I think it's genius. I think it's a power move. Um, you know, is there going to be a drop-off of people that are used to listening to him on YouTube that might not follow him to Spotify? Yes, but it's the risk that you run, and he got paid a hundred million dollars to take that risk. So, in my mind, it's a win-win for him. Um, I, you know, it's not going to. If there's a quality drop-off, then I think there's a reason to talk about it. But in my mind, it's Joe Rogan getting paid, capitalizing on being the most successful podcast in the world, and you know now he gets to give a big middle finger to YouTube. So I, I'm in favor of it. I'm, I'm down for it. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, don't, I don't listen to Joe Rogan. I, I've heard him a couple of times, right? Um, I know he has a giant following. He's probably got the largest podcast, one of the largest podcasts out there, if not the largest, right? Yeah, it, it's the largest podcast. It's the largest. The even bigger than, I mean, I know because he's so regular. I wonder how they match up against like something like Serial. Right, because Serial was like the number one pocket, you know, but they only do an, a season every two years, it feels like, from NPR. Yeah. Um, it feels like Joe is always in the news. For, so a couple of things for, for your comments about all the problems with YouTubers going is I actually thought that uh, Joe Rogan could be bigger than that is he really didn't need to monetize through YouTube. He could have just no. directly sold advertisements and sponsorships that would have gone cross-platform. So I wouldn't have, if I was him, I would have wondered if I just went on, used YouTube as a means of accessing people, just not taking advantage of their advertising platform. Yeah. Well, um, and so the last thing too, Spotify is building uh, a video, like they're up going to upload all the video podcasts to Spotify as well. Like Spotify is making a push to not just be associated with music, 
but to be a podcasting platform. Oh, and it's so been they, in the mix. It's not something new from them. Is that yeah. this, this is going back to February seventh of twenty nineteen, right? Um, podcast. I'm you know I'm into podcasts. We have one. I've always listened to them. I like to listen to talk. You know, I just as I get older, I listen to more talk radio than I listen to music and things like that. I like storytelling. I'm a historian, obviously. I'm intrigued by all types of different things. But uh, so one of the my favorites or one of the best podcasting companies was Gimlet Media. And Gimlet was a startup by this guy, Alex Bloomberg, who had left. MP- he used to be on uh, what was the big marketplace money something. They have a big one that's been America. This American Life. He was on that. That's an NPR show, you know, podcast. Because NPR has been doing things that were like podcasts before podcasts were existed. Mm-hmm. They were just in radio production. So he started this startup company where they were going to be a professionally producing podcast. And they, you were a giant hit with some of their podcasts. They sold Gimlet, which was an independent company doing all of this great stuff. They sold it last year to Spotify for $200 million. But well, and Spotify bought the Ringer. Uh, they they, mm-hmm. they bought it out completely. Uh, so it's like they're really making uh, uh, a huge push to be. They're like, going to try to overtake the, iTunes, man. Is what they're trying yeah, to and, do when it comes to the podcasting world. Like you said, it's this diversifying beyond music. And I want to liken this, the Joe Rogan acquisition, potentially to um, Howard Stern's acquisition. Yeah, a lot and of serious radio that. because you bring a name that brings a, a follow like a cultish like following to you and on top of that they're into the things you're trying to do as a company right so the people who yeah. listen to that are into podcasting they're into the types of things you're selling so you're all of a sudden going to bring like a million people onto that pot and then that's gonna they think is going to spawn more growth that they can platform, you know, springboard from. And it's the easiest thing in the world too. Like I have Spotify on my phone, on my computer. It's like it's. It, I don't all, use it. All, I use Amazon all, Music. All he's asking, well, and and that's another thing. Like think of how many people are fans of the Joe Rogan podcast that, that maybe they don't have Spotify. Yeah, but like, like, if I want to oh, listen okay, to well, it, that's where I'm it's going. A, it's a yeah, it's a free download. Uh, and so the last thing on the YouTube bit, like. If you ever watch a Joe Rogan's podcast, so much of it is, uh, oh, hey, Jamie, pull up this, 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 and this. And they'll bring up a video or a soundbite or a clip, and they can't even show it on on YouTube or on uh, on the feed because they, they could get taken down and have all kinds of copyright shit. So in my mind, that's removing yeah, all of that, I can see by, that. Going, uh, by going to Spotify. And Joe Rogan's betting on himself. I have this crazy fan base of listeners. All I have to do is get them to download an app that more than half of them probably already have. And it's for free. I, I think it's a baller move. Um, Jeff says he doesn't believe that Spotify would invest $100 million in something they can't have input on. And even though I see that, I kind of think that Joe Rogan's the type of old crotchety motherfucker that's just going to stand by his by his guns and he's just not going to let someone else and you would, in go. some ways though you would lose the very thing that makes him valuable by doing that that's what Howard Stern yeah. Howard Stern went to um, 
whatever it's called, satellite radio, and he is uh, he received more freedom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot more freedom. I think you know they used to have, have Opie and Anthony. What was the other Opie and Anthony was the radio show back? They're the guys that got fired all over the place when they were on the radio. So podcasting doesn't have the same rules that some other platforms do. Uh, particularly like radio. So I'd be interested to see how it goes. I don't even know if I'm interested in Joe Rogan's podcast as much as like you're saying what this is really the power play by Spotify to, you know, is that they thought maybe that they recognized that the music industry was not the way people are streaming uh, music and different things. There's different ways that, People aren't going to pay for Spotify, Amazon, all of this. So you got to find some way to monetize Spotify without making it subscription based only is where your revenue comes in. And yeah. this is going that way. They're becoming a media entity. And to be honest, you know who really has missed the ball on this, who's had the dominant infrastructure is iTunes. Well, and they've kind of just been the default player, right? Yeah. That's I mean, everybody uses iTunes. Like pie, they were the first ones that made it easy, I guess, to put your podcast up, right? But yeah. like, I never, I don't own Apple products, so like, I couldn't, I, I didn't access my pro, my podcast. But so many, they were a dominant power powerhouse, and much like I've been icing up like Google and Skype and stuff like that, is that you can see Spotify is trying to figure out their future. And it's in this podcasting platform is a big part of that media delivery. Well, and, you know, you you talk about how, I mean, Spotify has to get into the game like this. It's just like with streaming services right now, what we were saying before, there's always the one that starts it out that breaks the mold. And then everybody, and for a few years, they're on top of the game. Then eventually people start to figure out that formula, patents run out, and, and everything kind of falls into that same kind of place. It's like with phones. When cell phones first started coming out, there were... A bunch of different types of phones that had a bunch of different types of features and you would go to this this phone for this feature and this phone for this feature now every phone is pretty much the same it's just what mm-hmm. product you're loyal to or you look at netflix all streaming services are kind of going after a netflix model you look at uh super stores are all going like after a walmart model there's always that one that breaks the mold like itunes did with with uh, this podcast that eventually everybody's going to catch up to and eventually the, you, and they you're get too get comfortable a lot of times. From other people. They get huh? too comfortable a lot of times, the ones that mm-hmm. find that early success. I was thinking of Sears. I just drove past the Sears that's bankrupt and closed in our city now. Mm-hmm. And as you look at the immense success that Amazon, which started as an online used book retailer, has become, right? Yeah. Is that, you know who really we should be ordering all our products from on our doorstep, free delivery and all this? is Sears. Post office. Well, Sears had the infrastructure of the product delivery. The Sears and Roebuck catalog is like 120 years old. They've been in this model. They just didn't learn how to do it with the Internet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I, I, I do think kind of the underlying trend here is when things change, you have to be able to change with the times. Mm -hmm. And just how Howard Stern said, hey, you know, uh, in order for me to better utilize my voice and my uh, and the effectiveness of my show to react with people then i want to be on a platform where i'm not so held down and you look at future the future and the way things are moving we already said earlier on this show 
how important podcasts are and they, they've become so ingrained in people's lives. I mean, how many cat calls have we gotten about people that listen to this show when they're driving or just doing whatever, work. you know, yeah. Dur- yeah, work during the day? These podcasts, you know, us doing this, it, it really becomes a part of people's lives. And it, it's what they're doing in their spare times. And people aren't reading books anymore. They're listening to audio books. I mean, Lies. people are doing things on the go. I've read so. Um, mm. Well, okay, well, well, whatever. Do you want to try to be the contrarian right now? That's fine. I know. The point right. that I'm making, podcasts are the future. Joe Rogan is the king of podcasts. and Pod- Podcasts are the now, to be honest. I don't even think they're the future. I think they... Yeah, no, that's, they've taken over for sure. And they're both. Yeah, yeah what's, what's the interesting now is and it happened then. Yeah, I think it's happened um, a while ago. I mean, within the past year, I feel like, uh, podcasts have become the uh as you said the king of 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 the the i guess content absorption uh if you will um and i think the quarantine has added to that but i think it a lot of people uh are are really wanting the video component currently and that's where i think that the youtube uh, aspect of things really helps if it's just an audio there's not a lot of people just sitting down on their couch with a tv in front of them watching you know, or listening to a uh, just an you know, audio. Sometimes I find that freeing, though, so I can actually do other shit. Yeah, no, I and I agree. Like, if I'm mowing, absolutely, like that's fine. But people aren't driving as much. That's when I would listen right. to my podcast more than anything was when I was driving. And I think we're starting to get back to where people are driving. But uh, yeah, that was one of the things that. Uh, and like Cody I, I said, felt, they're going to exp- probably expand the video. Right, they're they're mm-hmm. recognizing too. And really, what you should just do is duplicate all that content, just like we do. You know, we're doing the video, we have the audio. Yeah, uh, you have all of those different forms and flavors. Yeah, podcasts are. You know, I think the binge listening experience, the niche experience, and the binge experience are something that's very important to today's media, or whatever the right term for delivering entertainment is. So, for instance, this is that like what do we love the most is that crushing the season of Ozark in you know one day or some mess like that. We like that feeling, and then I think the other thing we like is to just listen to things that we're hyper interested in as an individual, and you know that's kind of contrary to the model of the '80s and the '90s. I heard someone say this as I heard Kevin Spacey give a talk on why House of Cards was so successful and had to like the writers were secured a, a, like an entire season without having to try pilots. They were talking about the limitations of what pilots do. But I was reading or listening to this and they were talking about like if you think about Law and Order as a show, which has been one of the most successful TV shows in TV history. The episode, while there was a backstory to the show, was really, you could just tune into like this week and skip four weeks, and it's kind of confined to that moment. You know, it's yeah. like it's a one-hour experience. It's meant to be a one-hour experience. You didn't have to watch seasons one through eight or whatever it is. And right now, because we have on-demand information, we don't. I don't think that model works well anymore. All right. 
Well, it, it it's much easier, especially on a television mode, to tell a, a much more uh, intricate story. I mean, you look at some of these things that go straight to television or have like an eight-part series on television. I'll give Watchmen, for example. Cody, you you, you watched The Watchmen. You loved it, man. And, right. uh, you know, I loved the movie, too. The movie was, what, a four-hour movie? It was a long movie, three-and-a-half, four-hour movie, which yeah. is a long for somebody to sit down and watch one sitting in a movie theater type deal. But when you have it, break it down in a television show like they did with The Watchmen, which is a different story, but now you have, what was it, 10-hour, hour and 10-minute long episodes where you can pack information in there, you can get so much more out of it. It's so much easier to get wrapped up and involved with these characters yeah, where you can develop yeah. them so much more. You can you know? do so much more. Yeah, those limitations mm-hmm. aren't there. Another thing you guys brought up I wanted to ask you is you said uh, where all these streaming services. What's y'all's favorite streaming? What do you guys watch? What's your go-to stream service? Right my favorite. I'm still on Netflix. I think Netflix is still yeah. my favorite. Yeah. yeah Net- uh, mm-hmm. I, will, I will say that recently I've been checking out Amazon more and more. And they do have some good shows on Amazon. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, Netflix is still... I've been watching alone on netflix which is fucking crazy it's like survivor times 10 they drop off 10 people in the uh canadian arctic and they just they let you survive until you're the last one left each Mm. person gets their own little island it's actually awesome like when you say survive you mean like until you tap out and say you don't want to do it anymore they don't they don't if you don't if you don't hunt or if you don't find berries then you don't eat like you have to do dropped off in like a remote part of the Arctic Canadian wilderness and you're around moose and bears and all kinds of shit. And this is like, uh, who's the guy, not bear grill, but the the (laughs) other guy, the other guy that was the more legit dude. Crocodile Uh, hunter. No, (laughs) (laughs) there was one guy that did, and he would go and try to like live like a week somewhere. And like he did it one time in a raft and they had boats that were kind of trailing him the whole time. What was the name of that show? It was pretty know. good. The one thing is this: is I like the bear versus what, whatever bear grill, bear versus wild, mm-hmm. wild, whatever it was. But one thing I, you know, it was meant to be dramatic. Um, and yeah. so this other guy, I remember this: is the difference between the two shows is that Bear Grill would climb that mountain to get one little tiny egg. Yeah. And what was interesting about this other show, the what was the name? The guy looked up and he saw a bird's nest and it was like up on a cliff. And he goes, that would expend too many calories to be worth it. I'm just going to lay in the shade. I, mean, I was like, that yeah, one is trying what, to survive. That, that's what they do. Because like a lot of the uh, people on the show, like if they don't, if they're not able to kill something, they have to set traps. Like they're all survival experts. And they set traps. They know how to build shit. They know how to build fishing lures. All kind of shit. It's actually... And I'm normally not into that kind of stuff. But this show, it's like genuine, real, legit survivor. And I'm like addicted to it. It's on Netflix. Apparently, there's been like five seasons. But Netflix only has... just finding it out. Yeah, yeah. They they just put it on Netflix. And I'm addicted to it. So you weren't a big naked and afraid guy? Why do they have to be naked? I don't understand that part. Why can't they just be afraid and barely dressed? Dude, I always thought it would be so... Afraid and scantily clad. Dude, what happens... 
But, dude, imagine having that many mosquito bites on your dick. Oh, like, dude, that, I can't that even. Miserable, bro. I like, would just wallow. I would just roll in mud like uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> while he was hiding from the predator. Um, yeah. Here, you want a cool show like that guy that that should have made it, but this shows you the limitations of some of the cable TV. There's this cool show. Go back and watch. It's kind of reality based kind of challenge show, and it was called Colony. And mm. it was super cool because I liked it because I'm kind of into post-apocalyptic narratives. You know, just the idea of like what... We, and mm-hmm. that's what it was like. It was like they dropped these... They basically cordoned off this giant part of an urban area. And yeah, they had to so figure the aliens, out how to get their the, water. They had to had get... Had Sawyer from The, lo- the Lost. <laughs> um, so it was oh no not that show that was the actual drama one this was real people it was like on discovery channel and they had to figure out how to they had to live for like six months as a group like as a colony in the post so that was cool but um so yeah netflix remains my favorite but i just like this is that i know that my wife hates netflix because she feels like you get in the debt you you lose your soul looking for something to watch Yes, goes what it recommends. I'm telling you, I've done that the last few weeks. It's got some pretty good shows out there. Their algorithms are real good. I like their interface. Yeah. Um, I do like Amazon show like content. It's just working through the interface is not as easy for me. Mm-hmm. Disney bad. is such it's a disappointment bad. to me. Oh, yes, well, see, I, yes. I, I watch a lot of stuff on there for shows there's, I do. So it's for yeah. me. It's yeah, perfect but there's that. no, you know, content's a little narrow for me. But it's, yeah, it's just starting out. Dude, I dude, I'll be on Disney Plus sometimes, and out of nowhere, it'll like fast forward, and the audio won't be synced up with the hmm. the video, and I have to get out of the video and go back into it, but before it'll play, like Disney, hmm. like the content, fine, but I think their technology and the platform, like, kind of sucks, honestly. The quality, the picture quality, is superb, though. Yeah. Uh, it's I'll tell like you another crazy one's gonna be good. really good that I haven't got yet is HBO Max. I'm about probably gonna get that next week because I'm cutting cable next week. Uh, HBO Max is gonna be really really good. But once again, it's all in what you're into watching. Wicked. I mean, they're gonna have a lot of stuff on there that I'm gonna love. So, and I think yeah, you gotta like go HBO. back when you get that HBO Max. You I gotta go HBO back and really, really watch Entourage, dude. Go back and watch so, Entourage. Greg, can I ask you this? What yeah. the hell is the difference between? HBO Go, HBO Now, and HBO hey, Max. What a great HBO HBO Go is like the mobile version for for like HBO. Yeah, primarily. HBO before. Now is yeah. like an add-on that you can have for just buy, when you buy HBO. And HBO Max is a totally different program. They've teamed up with like uh, sixteen or seventeen different uh, programming networks, including Warner Brothers and a bunch of different exclusive. Um, companies, so they have rights to all these different movies and different uh, content. Uh, if, if you get a chance, just look. If you don't know anything about HBO Max, look up the the like forty five second teaser trailer they did about six months ago when they first announced it, and just just go through the stuff they show you on there. And to be able to own all that stuff by owning the uh, owning the app or the ability to watch it, it's pretty amazing. And I think everything on HBO will be on there as well, on top of the other stuff. They so have. that's what I was about to ask. Like when they have new shows. Are they going to be simultaneously uploaded to Max? I'm yeah, pretty that's, sure, that's but I'm not positive. Did. It just launched like a week and a half ago. Two weeks okay. ago okay. So. That's what they've always done on Now and, and Go is that, mm-hmm. like, so for instance, if uh, if 
Game of Thrones is about to air at nine o'clock when that season finale, somebody technically could get in there and actually just scroll the end and find out what was going on. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. Said, it releases the the same second that the actual premiere of that episode airs on the uh, HBO. Oh, so instead of watching it lot broadcasted live, you could go on there, like you said. Maybe that's why people get on Twitter and everything ten minutes into the show and start spoiling stuff. That's probably how they do Maybe. it. They yeah. just figured it out. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I was. But uh, I think HBO. My one last thing, Tony, is I will say that even though Netflix is my number one streaming service, I've always been a fan of HBO's content. Over well, they're the leader. If you think about it, they're the leader in a. They're. If you want to learn a little bit about inadvertently about HBO and more about Netflix, listen to the podcast Business Wars, and they've got a cool you know, six-part series or five-part series on Netflix versus Blockbuster, right? And these opportunities that Blockbuster had squandered in this. But one of the early challenges for Netflix was getting content that was worth a shit, right? And because everybody was holding back, right, they would not... Nobody wanted to give up their content, like Greg's talking about, like Time Warner, the studios. So they were getting all shit movies... All of this stuff. And they tried to appeal to HBO, but HBO was like, we don't need you. We got we make our own content and stuff like that. You know, they had the Sopranos. They've had The Wire. They've had all of that. So they've been doing originals ahead of the curve. It was Netflix that then went to a struggling stars. The stars yeah. network. That's where they first got their content boost so that they could then appeal to enough people to then do what they've done. Yeah. But HBO is Spartacus. Uh, oh yeah. Spartacus. Which is yeah. amazing. Spartacus you gotta watch like, that oh. shit. Yeah. That Spartacus, Spartacus yeah. Was, was so the first good. season was great. After that it kinda tanked. The, the first season was great. But the, the the show the act the actor that plays yeah. Spartacus. Yeah, and Andy uh yeah. Whit, Whit, Worth or yeah, or we're, yeah, he got leukemia, yeah. and they had to. Cut. So that's what they did: is they ended the first season, then he got like leukemia or something like that. Yeah, yeah, the prequel, which is the yeah. God of sand, like what was it, Gods of Sand and Blood, Blood yeah. Sand or something. Man, who Bennett's the lead of that, which was good. It was still a pretty good actor. It was pretty. He's still a pretty damn good actor. Um, and then they went tried to jump back, and then while they were because he had reportedly gotten, you know, he was seemingly in remission. And mm-hmm. then it came back while they were filming. Yeah, I mean, and then they had to replace him midstream, and it was just yeah. it was tough. But, you know, and then there was delays. That's the other thing is when you delay mm-hmm. something, we lose our interest. That show was awesome, though, man. That first season was awesome. Hey, real quick, I wanna, I'm want to i kind of plugging HBO Max here just because y'all were asking questions. HBO Max uh, does contain every HBO, all HBO content and every show on HBO, along with 10,000 hours of premium content to watch, 100 years of New Line, New Line Studios, DC, CNN, TNT, TBS, Ooh, DC. True TV, Cartoon Network, Adult Swim, Crunchyroll, Rooster Teeth, Looney Tunes, and more. So really? they've teamed oh. up with a lot of people. They're going to kill. They're, they're, uh, that's the Warner death Brothers blow for cable there. right there. That's yeah, the well, cable I'm death getting blow di- right I'll have I'll have this. I'll have YouTube TV, Amazon Prime, Disney Plus, and Netflix. I'll never have... You know, never. Have I, yeah, but now you're not saving money really at that point. No, I got no, I'm still paying less than I was with cable. Yeah. At what point do we have a third party who finds a way to work with every single one of them, similar to what cable is like now? That is the holy grail of cable. Right. I think there. that's HBO Max right now, isn't it? Sounds like yeah, that's, that's the closest. But what the... I mean is, 
What I mean is, like, right now, in order to get all the content you want, Netflix, they're, they're going to have originals. That's not mm-hmm. going to be on HBO Max. Mm-hmm. Hulu, Amazon Prime, all of these places are going to have originals that are not going to be on HBO Max. So what I'm talking about is, in order for you to be able to get all of these, you end up having to pay what you would have paid with cable to be able to see everything you want to but see. But then yeah. you don't get any and, of their originals now. So it's tough. I think don't you think ESPN and uh Disney and Hulu and uh Hulu are the closest maybe the closest we have that because they're the trio. When you buy those, you get ESPN Plus, you get Hulu yeah. and you get Disney Plus. But yeah. Disney Disney's the honestly the behemoth. Yeah, because they the, own everything. Yeah. They own Mar- they own Marvel, they own Star Wars, they own they Pixar. Own 60% of content. Yeah. Dude, a- and, and they're just getting bigger and they're making more content all the time. Like I'm surprised it, that they have they they're able to do that. I mean, so the government freaked out when AT&T and Direct TV were trying to merge, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um or was it it was an it was AT&T and uh, was trying to buy somebody else. Anyway, um and thinking Monopoly, oh, it's going to be Monop- like. Why in the world have they not said anything to Disney at this point? It is no everywhere. Idea. No idea. That's a great question. Well, because like, and in- their their interests are very diversified. That might have something to do with it, right? Is that you know they got well, the parks, and there are different. They, got, like, yeah. they have different different corporations. Like so, one is you know going to be named a different corporation, but they're all under the parent corporation of Disney, and so. That's I think because the there's competition right now too. Yeah, that that part is the only thing. But honestly, Disney can crush the competition immediately if they wanted to. Well, like you know, could... this is hard for them because they they had a moment. You know, they got like an immediate audience with Disney Plus, but yeah, I think they kind of hesitated a little bit in adding content past their owned content. Yeah. So they needed to strike some deals with some other content producers because that's mm-hmm. where it sounds like HBO Max is really um, going to have some power. It's got the power of right. HBO, but they don't have to own everything. Well, They're really the just license agreements. Big, yeah. Well, they they kind of fixed that problem. They bought the two big. They bought two big boys. They bought Marvel and they Marvel Studios and they bought uh, uh, Star Wars. Okay, and they just started, and their whole plan was these are two established franchises, so you don't want new content for them until now. And now that they've established their own streaming service, that's what they're doing is they're making, uh, you know, for new content with Star Wars, new content with Marvel. They're coming out with like six or seven Marvel shows this year. But the that's problem, cool, but don't you think that's a, forever. a niche well, thing? Like, I'm into yeah. a little bit of that, but I'm at the same time, I was going to ask you, you know, guess what I'm watching on Hulu right now? What's that? First, I started. I'm on episode six of Star Trek: Next Generation. Okay. All right. So, and I, I'm gonna say this: is I think I gravitate to Star Trek a little bit more than I gravitate to Star Wars. Not oh say, yeah, me too. Always have. Yeah. You know, Star Star Wars is more um, is more mystical than right. than Star Trek. Star Trek has a lot more. It's a human story in space. It. Right. Star Trek wants you to believe that that could be a future Earth, like where yeah. that, that it's like point. you know an, an Earth that's living in harmony with itself that is like a big brother in our celestial part of the neighborhood. But um, yeah, also, do any of you watch Rick and Morty? It's no, I've heard it's like dude, it is so yeah. fucking good. It is hilarious, man. It's like like I, if and don't let the cartoon thing. 
throw you off. It's like, dude, it is a genuine. Uh, just like South Park has been the greatest show since it's been on TV and culturally relevant. Like Rick and Morty's doing that now, and I think that everybody should be watching it. a bunch of cool sci-fi and like little funny jabs at modern day shit. It's cool. Uh, mm-hmm. But the last thing I wanted to, to, to throw in there. Uh, is that uh, when you look at Disney and Netflix, Disney doesn't have to spend the, uh, as much money as Netflix does. Yeah. Because they ha- they have an entire backlog of stuff that we've all grown up with and have mm-hmm. loved forever that people are going to go on Disney for. That branding we talked yeah. about earlier. Right. Whereas Netflix, yeah, they have their big shows, but they have to keep on buying uh, you know, or making all these big new shows all these attractions to get people still watching Netflix. Have you seen the amount of money that Netflix is actually in debt? Oh, They're yeah. like yeah. billions of dollars in debt. Dave, Dave has a lot of bets on building their own content, which I think, though, is like no matter what, I, I don't think I'm going to cancel Netflix. No. Yeah. Like, oh, I, I think I, I'll just kind of like, always have it. Me and my wife were talking about it. Like, right now, out of everything we're going to cancel, it's going to be Hulu. Um, maybe See, that's what I get my live TV on, so I can't cancel that. But the, I don't – honestly, we don't even watch it. Like, I was watching live PD. That's the only thing we were watching live. Everything what else was – What about sports? Joey Esquivel asked Greg this. How are you going to watch live sports without cable? My guess is YouTube, YouTube TV. TV. Like, I, I use yep. Hulu TV. I mean, there's and, there's ways YouTube to, t- well, there's I was ways say to YouTube. watch. Yeah, there definitely yeah, yeah. is ways to watch. But, but YouTube TV, I've actually noticed because I did a free trial last year and compared it. YouTube TV is actually a better picture than I got on my cable box, and it's about a half a second faster on the feed, which nice. kind of blows my mind. But so I, you know, you and it's forty five dollars for me to do YouTube TV a month, and if I have two cable boxes in my house right now, it's costing me about a hundred and fifteen dollars for the two DVR cable yeah, boxes. Yeah, you know what the and real with, problem though I get is unlimited DVR. You got to huh? have the good. The problem though that the cable company gets you on. Because I did this a long time ago myself. Mm-hmm. And we went with Hulu because we were already paying for Hulu because my li- my wife wanted to, you know, we bought Hulu because of The Handmaid's Tale. So we decided mm-hmm. to go with Hulu Live because we were already paying for Hulu and it just basically consolidate into right. one payment, you know. But um, I was going to say that, uh, oh, the problem is this, is that you got to have unlimited internet and you got to have the high speed internet for all this to work, for me to be podcasting, for my kids to be streaming Netflix mm-hmm. and all of this. And so the shitty part about this is that you end up paying like $125 for internet. Right. Well, no, see, that's my thing is I, I got, uh, you know, I pay $128 internet. for 400 meg internet unlimited. Wow. That's crazy because I only pay like maybe fifty bucks, and I think I only get like two hundred. But mine were, but you know, I I don't have any problems with mine running, and I stream like six TVs, do podcasts, and also and video games and all this stuff. But I mean, I guess it just depends. Mm. I paid you know? ninety for over three hundred. See, this is what happens mm. when you get stuck with Suddenlink assholes. Mono- you want to talk about monopolies? The internet service no. providers are not monopolies. All right. uh... Yes. Let's go to the ice up picks, but but what do you guys? So you're watching alone, Cody. Greg, what are you watching? You have a podcast about watching. So what are you watching? Oh uh-huh. well, uh, outside of the stuff I'm watching the podcast, me and my wife just started watching this new sh- this show on Netflix called uh, Queen of the South. Okay, uh, you know they, which they, did they not get renewed. To, did not get renewed. I wasn't I sure think, about it. I'm pretty sure. I think I read that today. 
it's pretty good. I mean, I, we're like four or five episodes into it. It's pretty good. Um, and then I started watching The Good Cop, which is well, I only watched one episode of that, but it was it was pretty good. Like I was very interested in it. So, uh, you know, I've listened to the um, right now. I just I um I don't know if I got one episode left. I was listening to the Tiger King podcast that was actually came out before the show. Mm-hmm. Right, not as flattering to Joe Exotic as the Netflix one. Show CK, you watch anything good? Man, right now, the idea of watching anything new is so exhausting. <laughs> I need something good mm-hmm. that I can't put away right now. Like, and that's the uh, and that's the part that, like, I, right now, I don't know why, but my focus every like every moment I have is like trying to figure out ways to make the stream better for like you know uh, the the mm-hmm. games and whatnot, um, and then you know video editing, putting stuff together. Um, so. I mean, the times that I am able to watch, sit down and watch TV, uh, is just watching The Office just because it's something I don't have to think about. I can just fall asleep mm-hmm. to it. I know I'm not going to miss something I've not seen before. Yep. You know, it's whereas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And so um, I, I haven't really. I mean, there is not a single. My wife has been watching this 90 Day Fiance. Which, Dude, I, I feel like everyone's watching that. Dude, yeah, I can't stop. I'm not Every, watching like, that. <laughs> no, I'm not watching it either. I'm watching but, Star but Trek. I, I'm a big fan of your mom's house podcast with Tom Segura, and yeah. they'll talk, they they talk about that. Like, if you see the the Mayo head dude, like he's a fucking character, and a lot of those people are just so stupid that it makes for good TV. You're like, dude, how do people come this dumb? Like, where are they hiding? Like, there's this guy that goes to Russia, uh, and like the he's being catfish, clearly being catfish, and he keeps on going to Russia to meet this chick. And like at the last moment, the chick is always like, "Oh, my dad died. I can't come and meet you." Mm-hmm. And this happens and like, like in Moscow. Five, yeah, it's like time after time after time. It's like, dude, your stupidity. You deserve all the dumb shit that you're putting on yourself. All right. But everyone talks about it, and I just refuse to watch it. Um, all right, let's get to the ice up picks this week. Let's do it. Um, this yeah. is where we tell someone to ice up, toughen up, get it together. My, I'm going to go first. I never go. I always try to see who wants to go first. I'm going first. My ice up pick goes to a man from – he's from India, right? And uh, somewhere in India, I wish they would say – Says this, here's the headline. A man put a cell phone charger up his penis. It got stuck in his bladder and had to be removed by surgeons. Oh, God. He fished the cord up his urethra for whatever reason. Oh, my God, I heard that on William Wilcox. And if this x-ray is correct, like, the whole, like, then he sucked it up somehow entirely. (laughs) Let's hope it wasn't one of those old iPad chargers that had that fat end on it a 30 pin <laughs> like a display port cable <laughs> yeah so uh to you guys who shove things you know is look is i've had an added just being socially responsible std test once in my life and as well as i've had a um what did we call it a vasectomy right and these different things so there's been some moments where they've shoved some shit farther up my whatever but it's always been like a like not very big, and it's still insanely just uncomfortable and 
So why would you do this on your own with a phone charger of all things? I cannot fathom where that desire or fetish comes from. But to you guys, you, sir, ice up your urethra. Ice up. Uh, apparently he's going to have to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's Who's next? I would say too, right? Who's next? Um, yeah, y'all want to go I'll next? Knock, I'll go ahead and knock mine out. Mine's simple this week. Uh, fridge broke again this week. Oh. <clears throat> bought this fridge brand new. I bought the house in November. Bought this fridge uh, in December. We went like a month without a fridge. Is it a Samsung? Uh, so the, no, it's a Whirlpool. So oh. I'm icing up Whirlpool mm. because every pro- every product I have in my kitchen, my stove, my dishwasher, you know, all that stuff, my microwave, all that stuff's all Whirlpool. So I wanted to get a Whirlpool fridge to go with it. This is the third time in three weeks it's broke. I've had a guy come out there twice to look at it. He's changed the uh, the rails that the the freezer slides on. And he says the problem is the freezer door is not closing properly, so he's changed the rails twice. The problem is the freezer gets too cold, freezes up, then it makes the fridge stop working. Yeah, so I've it locks lost my the gro- fan oh my- up. Um, I guess, yeah. But I've lost the groceries on my fridge like three or four times, and every time I call, which is a lot of money, every time I call Whirlpool, they just want to send somebody else out, and it's like, okay, this is three times. I paid sixteen hundred dollars four no, months, they, five months ago for this. It's time to give us a new one. They, they repl- make them replace. Get, do not let them off the hook. They need to replace those groceries, dude. That is a part of the, the whole trying. process, yeah, man. Yeah, I've been trying. But I can't even get to replace the fridge. Like, yeah, how no. many times are they going to send a guy out there to repair it? When I mean, sometimes they're just bad product. Like, the pro- like a product that comes with line is just a lemon. And maybe that's just the case this time. I'm not saying all Whirlpool products are crap, but this fridge has crapped out on me a bunch of times. It cost me a lot of money, and Whirlpool is very difficult to deal with to try to get it fixed and get it straightened out. So the Whirlpool, so, I say, ice up. So right now you're um, you're the poster child of getting a warranty. Yes, and I have a warranty. I paid extra for these. No, two actually, you're the why, not poster child they, of getting a warranty because you get a free year warranty. He's already yeah. he would still be under manufacturer warranty. Mm-hmm. And that's why they keep sending the guy out there to try to repair it instead of just replacing it. Yeah. Well, what you know? they're doing, it, it, well, a lot of times what I've or heard people do, like doing what I do as a debt collector, a lot of times the accounts that people open are for those appliances. Mm-hmm. And so I'll talk to somebody and I say, "What? why did you stop paying? It broke down. Okay, well, talk to me about you paid on it for, you know, a year. What What was what was going on? And they'd say, well, um, about four, or let's say that four months before the warranty run out, um, mm-hmm. I had an issue. They sent a repair guy out, and then I had the issue again two or three weeks later. Mm-hmm. They wanted to send a repair guy out, and then they kept on just sending the repair until guy the out until they hit out. that 12-month yeah. warranty, and mm-hmm. I couldn't. they weren't going to do anything at that point. Oh, nope. Um, it should have been replaced a long time ago, but you know, nonetheless, we're not going to be able to do that. You're outside of warranty. Have a good day. I guess why the Lowe's warranty is good because it's just straight product replacement. Yeah. Hmm. See, I that's, bought that's, mine from Lowe's. Well, that's and that's the funny. That's that's where I would go if I'm you. I don't know if you already yeah. did. Hmm. Well, I went to Lowe's first, and they're the ones who referred me to Whirlpool. Whirlpool went through Lowe's to get the repair guy to come through. It's so crazy. <laughs> it's it's like nobody wants to do what they're supposed to do. They just want to keep sending me in circles until I eventually either give up or you know do something else. Okay. So, Ice up Whirlpool. I'll, I'll win though. Ice up Whirlpool. You got one for us, Cody? I, or yes, I'll okay. You want, if you got one, go ahead. Yeah, mine's real quick and simple. You guys see in the chat and YouTube right now, Jared said uh, that uh, J Rod up there said Cody just got two wins with Saint and uh, and Joe. You guys see that? 
Yeah. Mm -hmm. Was that when I was on the other night and had to get off real quick? No, no, no. This is in chat right now. Oh, okay. Right now in YouTube chat. Joe Riolano is playing video games instead of watching the C3 Panthers podcast. Mm. Are you playing video games instead of being on the podcast? (laughs) You guys want to see my screen? I'll share it. No, you don't got to share it. Um, All right. See, I had an awesome almost many of the day. Ice up, Joe. Oh, uh, what we, you get? Was that your ice up? Yeah, that was my ice up to Joe Rilano. All right. And uh, Cody, what you got for us? I'm icing up the World Health Organization. Who? Uh, Who? Yeah, I'm icing up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, they had a doctor that comes out and says, um, asymptomatic spread of coronavirus is very rare. Okay? And then this goes out. <laughs> Pretty much everywhere. That is very rare. Then today, uh, apparently a few hours ago or something, news. World Health Organization recanted their claim that asymptomatic coronavirus transmissions are rare. And it goes back to this bullshit, dude. Like, okay, everyone wants to, like, label people as conspiracy theorists if they go, dude, these numbers are overblown. It is not nearly as bad as people are saying it is on the news. Okay, and then that makes people like us dirty conspiracy theorists for saying shit like that. Meanwhile, the, the people that we're supposed to be looking to for information on this shit have no can't fucking make clue. up their own fucking mind. <laughs> they were originally saying, oh, mask helps the spread of coronavirus. Then to walk it back, then to walk that back. It is, dude, they're always changing the rules to the game. It's like, dude, don't blame me or anyone else for making our own fucking decision when you can't even get the story straight. So, to who? To who? who? Myself, son. <laughs> to, to, say, to who? To it whom? Concern. Uh, yeah. Uh, to who? Uh, yeah. Is that they just kind of lick their finger and hold it up in the air? See where the wind's yeah, blowing. Yeah, they're, ma- like but they're that's, making that's, shit up sometimes. That's what's so frustrating about, like, we, we're supposed to, as you said, Cody, that's an, a, a, a very, uh, I, I guess, just across-the-board realization. Like, same thing happened with eggs, right? You know, don't eat eggs. They're bad for you. You should definitely eat eggs. They're really good they're for good you. They're good for your brain. No, they're bad for your heart, yeah, good for your brain. That's what it turns out. Yeah. They're good for yeah. your brain. They're yeah. bad yeah. for if your heart. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly, and 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 you know, five G is causing you know COVID related symptoms. You know, what in the world, man? Nobody so knows. All of it, like they don't really. We don't know as much as people think we do. Like, that's no, we do. absolutely not. We just we we take what these studies say. And by the way, I, and and Tony, you may be able to uh, attest to this more um, with your experience being in the colleges, but when you look at the United States studies and then you look at like somewhere overseas like Switzerland they study for like 10 years we study for like 3 weeks because Americans are impatient and we decide that that's you know we are slow at drug development though I feel like because drugs keep people in check there's always an answer to stuff like that you know keeping people sick always keeps people in check here comes Greg the conspiracist Hey, all I'm saying is rich people don't die from AIDS, but a lot of people, people who are rich do. Just saying. I'm starting to wonder if this COVID mess is, and I'm like, I'm not saying made up, but you got to wonder, like, what is if it this? was intentionally spread? 
Maybe an elaborate or plot a Democrats to take down Trump. I'm not. No, I don't even that. think. Or that. something to make big business stronger in some ways, because it seems like big business is able to weather this storm and profit through this regression time. You know, the stocks are up, some different things like that. Um, I guess if they come out with a vaccine for this, everybody would go get it, right? Mm-hmm. Dude, you know how many people are anti-vaxxers? Are you kidding me? Yeah, but they're not really, there's not really that many. If After you were all of this shit, shit if, bro. Do you know how many people are already saying that that's how they're going to put the RFID chip in your ass? That's what I was is, starting is, to think, though, uh, is this. I need to know if Trump is getting the vaccine. If he gets it, I'll get it. Yeah, but he can say he gets it and not really get you, it. I mean, what, I'm just the, what, in, what makes you think that he is the one in control of this? I'm not saying in control. You would just got to believe that I need to see the doctors who invent the drug shoot it in their own arm. Because it I mean, is kind of the perfect storm for everybody to get the same medicine. It's kind of it's kind of yeah. like with everything happening, everybody like you see Congress, everybody's got their mind everywhere else. They don't want to think about anything real world and Congress passes ridiculous amounts of bills in this timetable. Like that I mean there are a lot of very uh you know, you can point to a lot of variables that make this feel like it's uh Again, not going to sit here and say not real, but intentional almost. Uh, it's uh, it's it's scary to think about because you know you think that we know as much as we need to know, but reality is mm. we don't even have a clue. I think if Jeff Bezos gets it, I'll get it. I feel like he's got enough money. There you go. There you to, go, Jeff Bezos. To have good the no. You know what? Of Elon Musk. Going on. Elon I was going to say if Elon. I, man, you stole it. I was just going to say if Elon Musk does it, I'll do it. Listen, and the reason I say Elon Musk is. Jeff Bezos is important. He's got a lot of money, certainly. But as far as contributing to society, I don't think that he is necessarily. But like when you're thinking about uh, uh, somebody who is actually doing something to better the human race, Jeff Jeff Bezos has some stuff in the works. I know, but Musk, but Elon Musk, he's like a jerk. Oh gosh, yeah, yeah. But But, I'll let him save the world, man. He he's going to mean a lot to this world in the future. I think. Oh yeah, his his name is going to be synonymous for mm-hmm. when we're colonizing other planets. I mean, even though it may not necessarily be in this lifetime for us, he is going to be the father of that. Mm-hmm. He, he is always no, in no, history no. going to go down. Star Trek is. I'm watching it right now. <laughs> <laughs> but but in, in all reality, like Star Trek, if they were to do a throwback, which I'm I'm sure they did something. I I'm, I didn't like really they get would too bring much a, him it. on as a guest. Yeah, like guest he would appearance. be basically the guy. Um, with regard to it, have you guys ever seen that? Uh, it might have been a Discover uh, show. It was about Mars, but it was really cool because half of it was dramatized. Yeah, it's on Netflix. It, it is very good because it's like part. It's a docudrama. Yeah, it's a docudrama, and and so you see what's happening now, and then how it leads to things in the dramatic universe of when we colonize Mars. Um, it makes you realize how difficult it's going to be in all reality. Yeah, it's going it to suck. It gives hey, you hope. Don't that, be one of those listen, people. Don't. Yeah, definitely. And they say that from the get go. A lot of people want to d- dispute it, but it is reality. It's it's a death sentence to be the first people to go to Mars. It's like going I mean, to the new maybe, world. Maybe. You know, there's a cool yeah, podcast. Go that, go listen to this podcast called The Habitat. Mm-hmm. It's a it's an old podcast. It's been around for like three or four years. But what they're doing is is they're studying people in isolation to see how they would do with this. So what they did is they made these like six people live 
in a biodome in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. And when they left, they had to simulate, like, um, they had to wear space suits out and things like Going that. Out, uh, yeah. and, and it was wild, man. It was just like, and these mugs were so happy to be out of that mofo. <laughs> like when, they, when you listen to them, when they get out of it, they're like, Woo, I'm glad we helped mankind learn about confinement, but I'm ready to go back home. <laughs> <laughs> did any of y'all see Space Force? No. Yes, I did. I watched Was it any good? I heard it was a flop. It, I it, was, it wasn't the best in the world, but I, I watched it something else. It, you're, you're expecting something else. And that's yeah, exactly. You're expecting something, but it's still not bad. It's not yeah, something right. that I'm like, oh, I can't stand that I saw that. I, you know, I enjoyed it. I'll, I'll watch the second season. I mean, if we realize that it's supposed to be a, 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 just to show the incompetency of our government, which is why spe- SpaceX sending people to the space, uh, space station is such a big deal, is because any government agency anybody's ever been a part of can say competency is always an issue when it comes to government. So... Uh, that that I think it illustrates it very well in Space and it was Force, a direct show. jab at uh, Donald Trump. Oh, absolutely, the entire thing. Mm-hmm. They uh, just, I mean, and, and what I'm what I'm a fan of, and why I'm I'm happy the way they did it, the way they did, is it wasn't so direct. It was right. it was kind of, you know, it was subtle. It was like little things that you realize what it was, but it's not them just throwing it in your face, showing, oh, you're such a, you know, we have a horrible president who's making joke but the, the reality is i i i support the space force idea i just wish you would have named it something different yeah I, I'm, well I'm, i hope i'll shut down the post help to fund it let's put it that way oh i bought my <laughs> yeah. stamps i bought my stamps to help keep your job recently greg I appreciate it. I appreciate um, it, all right now let's get the hell out of here um cody lashney i assume that you're going to be talking about on the cripple connection the debut of the ps5 right Yes, we're going to try and live stream it on Thursday too. So beyond the, yeah, we're gonna try and uh, make it where you can watch. Like just how we're using Google Meet, I'll have the video up in the tab, and uh, me and Jeffrey and uh, maybe a few other of my homeboys uh, will come on, and uh, we're gonna react to the future of of video games with this uh, Sony play, uh, PlayStation Five press conference uh, this Thursday. Um, and yeah, you can check that out on my channel, Cody Lashing. Uh, come subscribe to me. You can follow me on Twitter at C-O-D-Y-L-A-C, Cody Lack. And um, I'm still writing Panthers comments for Draft Tech uh, monthly at drafttech.com. That's all for your boy. Um, Greg, the man of many podcasts, what you got going on? Oh, man, I got a ton going on. You can find me at the Bat Daddy 52 on Twitter just to talk to me personally. Uh, I also do the Super Civil Servants podcast at SCS Podcast 1 on Twitter. We drop shows on Mondays, and it's basically just a show just like this right here. We talk about movies and TV shows and comic books and all kinds of geeky stuff. Uh, then I'm also doing two new shows on the Geek Ultimate Alliance Network. One shot drops on Tuesday morning. It's the DC Alliance podcast where we talk everything DC Comics, DC Universe, and then Friday, as I do superhero discussions, drops Friday mornings on the same network. Where right now we're covering Superman the Animated Series. But if you get a chance, go check out this Geek Ultimate Alliance Network, man. We got six shows on it right now. We're covering just about everything: Star Wars, DC, Marvel, movies. I know on the movie show we're doing, we're covering stuff like Alien and uh, Back to the Future, Jurassic Park, all kinds of series like that. So it's mm. really, really fun stuff. You know, if you like or into that kind of stuff, come check us out: Geek Ultimate Alliance Network. Definitely, CK. Tell us what's up in the gaming world. So I have, I think I'm officially done with Twitch. Um, uh, I am just doing the Facebook stream. Uh, I may do a multi-stream with YouTube and maybe make it 
something along those lines. Um, but yeah, I am. Uh, I'm not a fan of the 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 information Twitch does. You know, and even if it were there were an opportunity for monetization with Twitch, which there is, obviously there's going to be something in the future that could possibly be money. Um, they take half of everything, which is ridiculous. Half of everything for the content you're creating. I, I know they're providing the platform, but that I just don't know of very many people who are agreeing to be a 50-50 partner with something like that. Um, but nonetheless, I am on Facebook now, and you can essentially find me pretty much the same way. It's Codizzle underscore Allen, which uh, you know I'll put it up here if that works. Um, the Display backwards for me. Yeah, it's inverted. It it's because it's I'm mirror. catching your because I'm capturing this window. Well, that's it was yeah, that's what it was doing too. Let me do this here. There, there you go. go. There you go. Uh, but yeah, it was on my screen. It was doing backwards, so I flipped it. So I guess you you're flip it. It was flipped multiple times. Uh, we'll just it was flip, flip it floppedied. Um, yeah, flip floppedied. Uh, but nonetheless, that's how you'll be able to get me um, if you have the uh, the ability to look on Facebook. Um, just come and give me a like, follow, and you know, share. Obviously, if you like the stuff, I mean, I'm uh, I'm trying to get this thing. My my first goal is was 150, and we crushed that in just a couple of days. Um, so now my goal is 250, um, which hopefully we don't crush it too quickly because then it's just going to feel like I'm just telling people that's not good enough. But uh, <laughs> you know, just want to make sure you know we're 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 setting goals and and trying to you know actually accomplish those. So. Anybody willing to come out there and you know hang out? I stream Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday mornings, and Thursday and Friday evenings. And then here lately, I've been doing evening streams as well. It's been working pretty well. But um, look forward to just let me know you guys are coming from C three, and I'm I'm happy to you know shout you out in the stream. Right on. Uh, oh, it's real real talk. Uh, well, first follow the podcast, Caroline Cat Chronicles, C three Panthers podcast. Just Google it if, on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you get it. Thumbs up, all that. Two five two 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 eight fifty ninety eight. Real, real question: If I had a friend that was going to have a job interview, and they had, and when the people contacted them, they gave them six interview times to pick from over a week period of time, would you recommend being the first among candidates, the last among candidates, or the middle among candidates? Because there are so many. Um, slots available this said nameless person friend of mine assumes that they get kind of an early pick of that right so what would you guys do begin in middle I'd or do end? the middle I'd go last and the only reason I the only reason I say last is because when I applied for the post office position there were 153 people applied for that one position I was the last person they interviewed, and I got the job. Mm. Had probably it may have nothing to do with me going last. There'll probably only be four what? people in this one. Okay, I would be four. I would be first because yeah, I if there's only the, four, I go first. Yeah. I want the interviewee to be thinking about me the whole time he's interviewing those other losers. Good point. Good point. So right now I've been leaning middle, and the reason in being is that um, the when you go early, you become so distant, like Greg is saying. Like a dis, even if yeah. you're really good, it's like we've seen more candidates, more applications. We've had things go on in our life. If they did all of them in one day, I don't think it would matter. The yeah. end. Here's the problem. And if you know anything about uh, some of the tendencies of the C3 Panthers podcast to go long, yeah, 
You're people, you're exhausted by the time that's over. People are generally worn out by the end of the interview. Like the interviewers themselves are ready for the mm-hmm. process to be over. And so I feel like they're more impatient with the later candidates if they tend to be long-winded like this yeah. podcast. Yeah. No, I agree. I think that I, I understand the the thought process of of you want to be the last person on their mind, right? You know, yeah. it, it, they're going to remember your interview if you're the last person that they talk to. Um, but I also agree with that. That's why I said the middle as well is that you don't want to be the first one because yes, you're too far from the end. It's very easy for that. I agree with that. I mean, Cody, that make you make a good point. You almost swayed yeah. me by saying you want them to be thinking about me the entire yeah, you're time. You're the, the yeah. bar. You and, become the yeah. bar. And, and then yeah. what Tony just said too is like after you've done it so many times, the people doing the interview are like, "Okay, let's do this again." Yeah, at least yeah. the first, that- right, at least the first time, it's fresh for both of you. Yeah, right. But then uh, the other part is is when if if a lot of the same answers you said are there already like everybody else is saying some of the same stuff i think you then get lost in the shuffle the the earlier you're in that process or or you become stale at the end if you're saying the same yeah Mm. how about this is you just interview like a mug and win that job that's my suggestion to nameless person yeah, I yes, think if, yeah, and I think if you believe enough in your resume, and if you actually think that you're the shit, and you believe in yourself, it's, then I would yeah. say, yeah, then I would say go first. If yeah. if you're kind of hesitant or you're just hoping for the best, I'd say the middle or maybe the last. Yeah. But what about I, middle? For f- well, I don't know what I'm gonna do. So I think it, it all it all has to do with how many people are doing it too. Like you said, with four people, I, I'm on Cody's side. I'd want to be first, but with a situation with me. I didn't have the choice of being last, but with that many people, like I was saying, by the end of that, they're they're tired of hearing people. They just want to see yeah. somebody good. So I'd rather be last in that situation. It, so, it, it's all just dependent, you know. Fingers yeah, crossed. I'm, we need new jobs. Honestly, new the the way that I, you know, the best advice I can have for anybody going for an interview is just be happy, dude. Like mm-hmm. if you go in there acting nervous or anything like that, if you can go in there smile and and actually enjoy yourself man that's how i've gotten every single one of the jobs that i've ever interviewed for is i i make it like there is like i'm just i'm just happy to be there man you don't want to be anywhere else don't want to be anywhere else but also like listen you know i'm here to i want this position but you're gonna have to convince me as well like this isn't about you just interviewing me and i'll tell them i'm like listen i'm I'm not sure. Like there, I'm. I'm really excited to learn about what you guys do here, so that I can maybe make a decision on whether, if you want to offer me the job, whether I'm going to take it or not. Mm-hmm. So, Ooh, hard to get. I'll say, yeah, hey, yes. and one that, of that the challenges. Sometimes I the think, challenges yeah, in this work. world, though, right now is now you've got to do this, make this impression via video conference, Zoom, yeah. Zoom, and like. What, dome, do, dome, do we have to be concerned about looking at first you know like how do you look like your skin looks decent how do you mm-hmm. make sure you're looking at the camera well well you realistically you have to worry about that in a real interview you want to look presentable for an interview you want to look somebody in the eyes when you're talking to them i mean it's relatively different it's a different etiquette yeah like if, if you're not very well versed with technology and then, like, what you're doing is, you know, and, and I'm just going to do the equivalent the of what Tony like has. This, ask him for a friend. Do you sit up on the camera like this? Or you... or maybe you're doing this, and this is not good. I mean, you may say the best answers, but maybe you're doing this. Maybe you're talking like this and yeah. making things really yeah. difficult for them to and hear. I'm terrible on camera, man. I need to be in yeah. person. That's when my charisma comes out. Yeah. There you go. I get mm. that. 
So, good luck. All right, C3 Panthers podcast. We'll see you next Tuesday. Peace out. Go Panthers. There you go. Peace and love. Keep pounding. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.